TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Welcome to the Score North Twins Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore here with me on a typical December uh, oh day here. Um, you just told a story about trudging seven hours from Lakeville yeah, up to the studio uh, here. When you're committed, you know, to uh, to making this happen, you got you got to make it happen. And uh, I made it. There was, you know, what there wasn't as many cars on the on the side of the road in the ditch as I thought, uh, other than the guy. Um, in the in the uh, auto glass van that had his four ways on on Ide Mill Road, um, <laughs> hat tip to that guy. Where it's like <laughs> that's barely even a lane, and so the, that was the only backup was the guy that just like petered out like in in, in the worst spot possible. But uh, are you guys like me when you see people in the ditch, you just sort of heartlessly drive by and think, oh, so like I'm sure they called nine one one or a tow truck, or do you stop? Like if you see someone in a ditch, you're supposed to stop, right? If they if I were close have... enough to my house, I would stop and then maybe be able to do something to help get them out. But I don't have anything, and if I stop, then maybe I don't get to go again. And no, not when it's like this today. But uh, anyways, anyhow, uh, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about the twins and other things. Uh, Rocco Baldelli uh, last night. Uh, I guess that's that's the main thing. Uh, you, you look at Twitter and and uh, man, yeah, it, it, Twins fans are bailing already. It's over for him. The honeymoon period was great. <laughs> it lasted a week, and for people who didn't see the the middle innings last night, just to sum it up quick here, Twins were up one to nothing. And Jake Odorizzi was cruising through the first four innings. In fact, he was hitless through the first four innings. Yeah, I believe. that McNeil guy let off with a. That blooper to left. In the fifth. In the fifth, yep. And so so then he starts walking everybody in the fifth, including Noah Syndergaard, who has a career 173 average, to load the bases. And Rocco comes out. And I think just pulling Jake Odorizzi in that spot, if you look at second time through the lineup versus third time through the lineup, like there's a real tipping point for Jake Odorizzi. So pulling him out of the game in that spot with the bases loaded, he just walked the pitcher, okay, uh, he brings in lefty Andrew Vasquez, who a lot of Twins fans may have remembered from eight or nine appearances last year. He proceeds to walk two batters, hit a third, and now the Mets are up three to one. He comes out of the game. Hildenberger walks in a run. And I guess I'll set it up this way. People are crushing Baldelli, A, for bringing Vasquez into a bases-loaded situation on the road, period, for his first Major League appearance of the year, and then B, for leaving him in beyond the one batter that he... It came nowhere near the plate on any of his pitches. Your thoughts? Well, that's, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I, you can't say that's Rocco Bell. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. You you bring a guy up from the minor leagues, and that's a tough spot to put him in, bases loaded in New York. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you bring a guy up to get guys out. And right. so you have that guy. I think the I think the second guess that I would make is is that, and you know, I know they're using Taylor Rogers differently, but if that's the point in the game, that's that's the the leverage right there. And so, so when you miss your opportunity to use your best or one of your best relievers, you know, in in a in a point where that game. So the thing I think maybe people missed it, and Morneau touched on it last night during a broadcast was um, the fact that they had sat Odorizzi down and had Marwin Gonzalez in the on deck circle. 
So that that if Brian Buxton gets into a scoring position mm-hmm. or whatever happens, um, you know Marwin's going to hit and Odorizzi is out. So you realize how important it is. Hey, we got one run. If we ca- if we have any chance to get another one, yep. Then we're gonna we're gonna go to Marwin Gonzalez, and then we're gonna go to Martin Perez, and hopefully he can get us to the eighth or ninth or whatever. That doesn't happen. You send Odorizzi back out there. He struggles. It's still you still you got lucky where the, where McNeil got caught off on third base, mm-hmm. and so you still have a chance. To to keep that at a one nothing game, I think I, I would have liked to seen Taylor Rogers there, and and I think that would be the one, you know, leaving 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 Vasquez out there. I mean, you, you bring him out and you, you you're hoping that he doesn't do what he did, and then and then also you know maybe you don't have somebody warming up right away. Sure, but and, then you see where it's headed. Right, exactly, and and I think I think obviously you have more trust in Taylor Rogers one. I think the other thing is who do you trust more against facing that righty that the, the next guy, you yeah. know, and and that's got to be Taylor Rogers, right? Like as far as lefties go, um, you know. So I think that's kind of where things went a little haywire, and and yeah. then it just it snowballed. Then you bring in Hildenberger, thinking okay, well he can get out of the mess, and he does the same thing. It's it's. Uh, you know, that was almost one of those sitting there watching, thinking, "What the heck is going yeah. on here?" Just, First Oda Rizzi, then the new guy, then Hildenberger, guys you'd expect to be able to trust. Yeah, yeah, and and they uh, just didn't get it done. But well, you know, that's you know, this is one of those things where it's very easy to second guess. But it's like if you were watching it along and had that first guess, then that's the, those are the fun conversations. And this is a first guess for me, where you're kind of watching it and saying. I'm going to play the part of Twins fans here on Twitter last night. You guys can tell me I'm an idiot if you want to. Can we tell you you're an idiot independent of whatever take you're about to throw? Let's let's start with that. Get that out of the way. But there's this perception that because Vasquez is new, he is, well, as soon as he throws 30 pitches, he's back to Rochester and somebody else comes up with a fresh arm. So so it's not just that they didn't go to Taylor Rogers, their best reliever, it's the perception that they went with their worst reliever in a high leverage spot. And whether you agree with that or disagree, I don't know, but I think that's why Twins fans were so frustrated last night is this guy just got here and you're going to trust him in the biggest spot to this point in the game, and he wasn't up to the task. It, it almost felt like, if I could bring up a nitpick, it, it felt like we're talking about this line between the human element and what the numbers say. And it, it almost feels like the Twins may have ignored a human element factor of, okay, on paper, this dude is a lefty. He's facing a lefty. He's been dominant. He's a strikeout dominant minor league pitcher. He's ready for this moment on paper. But then you factor in, it is his first appearance of the season. It is in New York. The bases are loaded. He's trying to impress his teammates, right? I mean, only, game. only you can speak to this factor. The, on yeah, paper, it looks good. And, and that's and that's where I'm coming from more than it's this isn't a fan thing. This isn't a thing to, to even say that Rocco made a, a bad decision. I just I think that all those things, I, I feel like all those things you just brought up points to bringing in Taylor Rogers. Sure. I yeah. think I think that that's even even factoring in the human element. But but uh, taking that out of the equation, it, he's he's your best lefty. He's your. He's given up one run. What's going back last year into last September? Yeah, and that was an inside the Parker. <laughs> yeah, thirty <laughs> innings, twenty eight innings, whatever yeah. it is, and and you know, so then then you're sitting on your hands, and that's that's the hard part. And he's not like we've gone over this with the closers and with 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 um you know kind of set roles. Sure. And they don't really have that, and so I think that's even an advantage too. Where Taylor knows that hey, I might pitch in the seventh or the eighth, and then you're sitting on your hands, and he doesn't pitch. And that and that's the hard part. And that was the 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 thing that as a as a reliever that I struggled with was 
there was times where I thought I could have gone in and I didn't, and then I didn't get to pitch. And it's like, well, you know, how do you not use one of your better arms? How do you not use your best arm? So did you, when, when you were in the closer role for the three or four years, and you were mostly used in the ninth, three-run lead, two-run lead, one-run lead, were there situations where you're sitting out there or you're maybe you're in the clubhouse or the dugout because it's not time for you to be out there yet, according to baseball norms, right? I mean, how much did you think about that stuff when, hey, we're it's a one-run game and starting pitchers flaming out in the sixth inning, and maybe if we got rid of labels and saves, maybe you should be out there in the sixth. I mean... How much does that even factor in? It, it does. And I think that once you get set into kind of a role, like you get used to preparing yourself to pitch at that time of the game or that, you know, that time of day or whatever it might be. Um, the, 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 when I when I was closing, the times that I would want to pitch and I didn't were like, you know, one out in the eighth and then somebody else goes in and they give up that run or they give up two runs and you're down one and you don't pitch or you're pitching in a game where now you're losing by one just to try to keep it a one run game or mm-hmm. hey I maybe could have gone in and gotten five outs and and we you know take your chances but when these guys they're they're all ready Taylor I mean he t- Taylor's ready to pitch and uh you know that that's the one for me but you know they it, it's uh Hindsight's twenty twenty. It is, say. but it's kind of fun knowing that they have Martin Perez there to be able to. Hey, if you get through this, we're we're probably okay. Like we trust this guy. We like him to go get multiple innings. Well, and that was. I mean, obviously, when they were going to take Odo out after four innings, yeah. that was a hundred percent the plan. Was Mar- Perez is going to pitch five, six, seven, sure. five, six, seven, eight. However, you know it, it would go. And so they had that all set up, but then, you know, and the other thing more no touched on was what does that do to the pitcher mentally where, hey, there's another guy on deck. And I, knowing Odorizzi, the little bit that I do, very competitive, a little yeah. bit surly. And, and he, so now he's thinking, well, I got four no hit innings and I, you know, what are the chances of, of, you know, he's going to get on base against Syndergaard. He's going to get on base against, and then, and then we're like, we're going to get three guys on base, you know, in a row and score another run. Like, you know, even the way they scored the one off him was, you know, an infield hit, a, a bunt by the pitcher and a, and a bloop single. So I, I can see it from that, that aspect too, then that he goes back out. And I don't think that he was like, he shut it off mentally. I think if anything, he was, he was just frustrated that that was even a consideration at that point. Yeah. I feel like Jake Odorizzi is a perfect example of a new classification of like a new label for a pitcher. So you've got your starting pitchers who I think of as guys who can go six or seven innings or maybe eight innings. And then you've got your relievers and you can get more granular there. But then you've got these guys like Odorizzi who are really good the first and second time through. And if you if you look at I just pulled up his OPS against last year, first, second time through the first two times through the order. He's one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. An OPS against of 627 and 659. Third time through the order last year, it doubles to almost 1,200. And if you extrapolate that, all right, if you if you take hitters the third time through the order over the course of a full season, if you gave those third time through the order hitters 600 plate appearances, they would have hit 50 home runs off Jake Odorizzi last year. So you've he's a starting pitcher, but he's a, and he's going to be really good for like four innings, maybe five, and then you almost have to handcuff someone to him or have a plan. And I would assume, even furthermore, explaining to him, "Hey, man, like it's not. It, no offense, you're really good for this, but we need to be on high alert once the fifth or sixth inning rolls around." I would think that's hard to listen to if you're if you're him or anybody else. Well, yeah, and he's he's for me, you know, the a classic guy you would maybe use with an opener, which is 
kind of the inverse of that. Instead of having him go four or five, you have that guy go one or two. And I think that they would like to do that, but I don't think he would, you know, he's, he's not the kind of guy that would be on board with that. And sure. I, I wouldn't blame him for that either. That's, yeah. um, you know, but yeah, he's, he's, you know, he, he was starting to get there. I mean, anybody faced four guys in that inning and, and, um, five guys maybe, I guess, but, uh, you know, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It, it is it, tough. So I can. This is a rare moment where I can lend some insight onto this. Two years ago, Odorizzi was asked. No, last year must have been it. Early, early in the year, talked about the splits like this, and a reporter must have asked him fifty times about having an opener for him, and wouldn't that be nice? And and he's a competitive guy. He's no, I'm a starting pitcher. Yeah. Like stop asking me about that. Basically, he was much more polite than I just was, but uh, you could tell there was a fire burning inside there that was like if you ask me that question again. Yeah. And it's tough because you're talking about the third time through Phil and if you did use an opener and let's say uh Vasquez, who cares, whatever. Somebody goes and pitches the first inning. Um, you got to play the matchups, and so that does matter. But let's say they get the first three, three of the first four hitters out. Okay, well now Orizzi starts his game in the second inning and with the fifth hitter in the Mets order. Now that guy comes around the third time, it's much easier to get you know five, six, seven, eight, nine out than it would be one, two, three, four in most lineups. Yeah, so if you give the like the, the best hitter a makes third sense. look at you, and that that's yeah. the, in theory, yes, and that's obviously it. But, but you can't just plug then, in a number. But then what happened in the fifth is he he walks five, six, seven, eight, nine, right, whatever right. it was. Yeah, so walk the um, pitcher, and that's you know, got him it's, into trouble. It's a little bit of banging your head against the wall. And, and as as a starting pitcher, I did that a little bit too. But you you want to be able to go deep in games. You want to believe that you can do that. Yeah. And if you don't, if you just think, all right, well, I'm a four inning pitcher. I'm a, I'm a two times through the order pitcher. I don't want that guy either. Right. You're probably not a you, big league. You want, that you point. want the guy that thinks he's going to go out there and throw a complete game every time out. Yeah. That's not realistic. It's there. Obviously baseball has learned. There's, there's better ways to go about getting guys out. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's a little bit of banging your head against the wall and, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll see as time goes on. But that last night there was just there was so many things that happened in that fourth and fifth inning that, you know, maybe a, somebody just watching TV, you see him walk guys. And you think, well, what the heck? He threw all those strikes early, you know. And there's just there's more to it. There's the mental side. There's the human element and and those things. And uh, that's that's a little bit of of you know I think had more of an effect on the game last night than maybe people realize. Sure, I think you guys. You'll have your own opinion on this, but I think we might agree. If you question what happened last night, question Wes Johnson's move, Rocco Baldelli's decision, whatever the chain is there that you're upset with, I think like long term I'm buying on these guys (laughs) just from my experience in spring training and seeing how it's played out early so far. So I might question that individual move, same as Perkison. Like it might be nice to get your best reliever there in a high leverage spot. I also see the like the the long term and the big picture here, and I'm like, okay, even if I disagree with that one misstep, I'm still in. Yeah, this is this is d- definitely not. I mean, what? So the honeymoon's not over for you. <laughs> no, so not you're at all. That's uh, that's classic Twitter. That you know, overreaction and and treating it like it's an NFL game where this yes. is you just you just played you know whatever eight percent of your season or whatever right. it was. You know, it, it was it was We've less than one percent of the year last night, and and that was you know one decision of of a million that. And you know what? I, I think the other thing, the other side of the coin is. I would assume that that Rocco and all of the coaching staff are going to learn from every move that they make. 
And so they, you know, the next time something like this comes up, you, I think that they may hmm. remember, hey, that you know, we did this, or or that you know, maybe they trust the numbers a little more, or maybe they trust their gut a little bit more, and and go one way or the other. Um, and, and not that they would make a different decision, but at least factor in like yeah. like past, uh, you know, uh, performance or history or whatever. Yeah. You want to talk about unwritten rules and angry pitchers when we come back here? Yes, I love that. You had your own moment like that a few years ago that we can loop in here too. Yeah, I did. I, I, I was fully planning on talking about that. I Amazing. think that's yeah, that's that's a better way <laughs> to handle it. Then. All right, it's uh, Glenn Perkins on baseball, the Score North Twin Show. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and Score North. Listen to Score North on the Score North mobile app, and you could win prizes. Download the Score North mobile app. Available in the Apple and Google Play Welcome back to the Score North Twins Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I am the host, Glenn Perkins. I'm here with Derek Wetmore and Phil Mackey. Um, I flipped you guys because Phil had a bad segment last time, so he just got demoted. Wow. Um, that's how we do it here Fresh wow. arm. at this show. Am I back, yeah. to, back to KRWC in Buffalo um, calling high school games? You know, so uh, do better this time, and, and maybe it'll be you know you and, and then Derek after you. So um, It's tough to have options. What are the things I need to work on while I'm down in the minors? I have no idea. <laughs> You're the pro here. <laughs> I, just make, I just make decisions. It's my name on the radio show. <laughs> this so, copyrighted show is presented by the authority of the Office of Score North. It may not re- be reproduced or retransmitted in any form, and the accounts and descriptions of this show may not be disseminated without express written consent of Score North. You're getting you're getting heated up here for your TV debut. Yeah, that that consent would be uh, signed by you, mm-hmm. I would assume. So or forged by Derek. Right in, Either right way. in. If you want to replay this, we'll give you consent. It just it's a procedural thing. It really is. Yeah, we'll send you a VHS tape of this of this taping. Is that how it works? <laughs> I think that's how it works. <laughs> I've been in radio long enough to know. Yeah. I, I was I was walking uh, through a furniture store the other day. I was looking at like the the cases you put under TVs sure and they have those like props in there you know like the fake TVs that look like the the prop under the under the TV and the in the thing was a, like a fake VCR player I'm like, <laughs> you, you guys can't like change like this store is like you know brand new huge furniture I'm like you couldn't have like upgraded like to like a fake DVD player maybe I or? feel like everyone and, and I was as guilty as everyone I went through two phases of like movie collections I had my VHS collection from the 90s that I finally threw out maybe two years ago and kept like Rocky Four and an Indiana Jones movie or something. But then we had the we thought going from the VHS shelves to the DVD racks was oh we get to save space. Did you guys ever have that like that single file DVD oh, yeah. rack in oh, college yeah. or something? Yep. Yeah. Well, and you're looking at the wrong guy over here. Derek, Mine's just Derek my bookshelf is full yeah. of paperbacks. <laughs> yeah, of <course>. Paperbacks <laughs> and MP3 files. <laughs> That's right. And now it's like, what do we do? We don't. There's there's nothing to fill our space with. Well, anymore. and like records are still popular. I mean, everybody. Sure. I've I've started to buy some vinyl, and uh, you know that's everybody puts their albums out. I mean, I was at the store, and like Kanye West has vinyl. You sure. Know, it's, are you buying like what kind of vinyl are you buying? Are you buying Kanye West or are you? no? I got uh, I got like a, a Dwight Yoakam greatest hits. Wow. I got an Eagles. A um, little bit more old school stuff. Uh, I think that fits with the era of like playing a record like playing yeah like playing drake on 
like a vinyl. It just seems weird. I can see I can see Perk in the woodshed out there just rocking to some Doolin Daltons, just like just cranking the Eagles in Lakeville. The the funny thing is though is like I, I've started to get impatient with it because it's like four songs and then you got to go flip the thing over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, true. Man, it's way easier just it's to like a lot of work. stream this or like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, screw it. Eagles Pandora. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, maybe this maybe this isn't the greatest thing. It's it's more of a novelty, but. Uh, you know, it's all good. So Chris Archer earlier this week, who apparently just received his fun police officer badge in the mail, uh, he was officially suspended five games for throwing a fastball behind the back of, is it pronounced Derek Dietrich or Dietrich? Dietrich. Dietrich. Yeah. One of those names I've seen for five years, but never actually said out loud. And so for people who didn't see it, uh, Dietrich hits a home run over the river, basically, in Into Pittsburgh. The it was great. And stood there for about a half hour in the batter's box and and <laughs> watched it go not only go into the water, but like watched He watched you know, them watched retrieve the, it yeah. <laughs> from the lake. And then he jogged around the bases. And Chris Archer, who by the way, loves to celebrate strikeouts by strutting off the mound and moonwalking, and I think it's awesome when he does that. And the, the Pirates coincidentally actually put a video out on their social media minutes before this incident took place. One of those let the kids play type videos with Chris Archer like moonwalking off the mound, and uh, so benches clear, etc. And I guess my question is, why is it, Glenn, that in the NBA, if Russell Westbrook hits a three pointer or something and beats his chest and celebrates, you know, no one's looking to get him. They're just looking to make a basket on the other end. NFL players do group celebrations and hide sharpies in the goalpost, and it's now we're gonna we're gonna throw a rock at that guy's head or you know, but. For some reason, there's this fun police factor that even with the Major League Baseball ads, let the kids play, we're still dealing with this in 2019. It's dumb. I mean, flat out. And the fact that he only got five games, I mean, that's you, you get five days off and you get pushed back a day. <laughs> right. It's, 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 it's not even a suspension. You know, I mean, it, it's just it, there, there's, no, there's no place for that in a game anymore. There's no need for that. Everybody celebrates stuff. It's fine. If you get torched, you get torched. Deal with it. And and certainly don't react by throwing a baseball at at a defenseless hitter. I mean, it's just it's it's to me that that is it's it's cowardly in a way that you're standing out there with the ball and who was it that well, Tori threw a ball back. Yeah, in. he did. Was it Danis Baez? Baez maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he got him. You know what? I mean, make that make that then start doing that. If you know, if if a hitter doesn't like a guy throwing at him and you get hit, go grab the ball and and fire it right back at him. If or it's an t- I say, I say, take your bat out there. <laughs> you want to throw a weapon at me? I'll take. I'll break my bat in half and stab you. That's yeah. What's gonna I mean, it's you know. Look at how Joey Votto handled getting hit. <laughs> That's really funny. Did you see this, Phil? No, I did not. So Wei Yin Chen hits Votto where? Like the hip, I guess. Yeah, like up, like back, okay. side-ish. And he's, yeah. I mean, he's a big, strong guy, but you don't like getting hit by a baseball. So it trickles off just in front of the plate, and Votto runs out. Bat in hand. Bat in hand, grabs the baseball, and flips it underhand back to Chen. He's like, there you go, and runs down to first base. <laughs> <laughs> it had some vibes of way back when when Tony Batista did that. I think he was okay. playing in Japan and he and he got and he got hit and he kind of went down and we got up. He he ran like a big loop toward the mound <laughs> and the pitcher ran out to like towards second base like ran away. And Batista just he just jogged over to first base and stood there like what, what happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was smacking of condescension from Joey Votto, but, but it was hilarious. But like that's just not the way. It's just not the way anymore. I, I you don't 
but they're, they're not going to stop doing it unless MLB comes down harder on him. Yeah, I mean, he is. So he suspended five games, and you're right, Perk. It's going to be, okay, he was going to make one start in those five games. Now he'll just make that start on the sixth game. It is going to cost him financially a little bit, but once you're at that point in your career, like that's not going to sink Chris Archer. Yeah, well, missing ba- that part of his paycheck. Baseball could easily say, "All right, we're serious about this. Let the kids play thing. We want bat flips. Our goal is to make this fun, and we want to bring the 20 and 25 year old kids back as fans. And we want we want kids instead of playing video games or soccer or whatever, we want baseball to be their their most fun thing that they do." And if you really wanted to send that message, you could have suspended Chris Archer for a month and said, "No, dude." Like you're not you're not pitching for a month because we need that we need him to pimp that home run. Otherwise, baseball's not fun enough. Yeah. Well, and, and we also want you to do the things that you do. Right. Yeah. That's and as a pitcher, you're going to get to do that more often, probably. Yeah. Right. And you you know it's it it just it. Yeah. It's uh, nobody's ever saying anything about any pitcher doing anything, whatever it might be. I mean, yeah. Fernando Rodney flinging arrows and like that. <laughs> right. It's it's a it becomes a thing. Like right. Like they make T-shirts out of that. But yeah. Then then you you. Pip a home run, and then you're you're gonna get one in your ribs. It's it's uh, it's just still that that old school mentality, and baseball's slowly moving away from that, which is good. It needs to, um, and, and you know, so it's uh, it, it, there there's just better ways to handle it, and and that's just not it. Yeah. And, you know, and well, he's such a he's a smart guy. He's an intellectual yeah. guy. He's he does have fun out there. You would think that. You know, he would be the one. And I don't know if it's if it's hurdle in the dugout, like you gotta hit that guy now. You're like, <laughs> Yeah, but leather that's face. the thing. I was like, if this happened in baseball, I'd be like, Yeah, I'm, of course this happens in baseball. But then if you told me it was Chris Archer, I would have been like, What? That he would have been one of the last guys that I would have expected this to be sort of at the center of this quote unquote controversy. Yeah. I still think that the one thing that I that I still kind of do like, which is probably not good, is like the bench clearing thing. Like I <laughs> I still think there's something like you know you see like Puig out there fighting like the entire so, team. It was an amazing guys, photo like, from behind. You know like the like even at like at at Target Field when we share an exit to the field, like everyone's like filing out together, and then we're gonna go run out and like <laughs> fight. Like it's, it's it's all one doorway out in the yeah. Ball. Yeah, like you know, you're you're we're zipper merging, yeah. and then we're and then we're gonna go then we're gonna go fight out on the field. But so why? Okay, a question off that: How many times have you been in? Because I feel like no one from the bullpen actually wants to fight. No, right? So uh-uh. you're. So, because because if you did, you would just fight in the bullpen, uh-huh. wouldn't you? Like yeah. you would just hop the bullpen fence, which would be do... even better. It would. If, like, there was a there was one fight going on here, and then the other fights going on here, and the Puig's the, not sure which one to go jump yeah, in. Yeah, the bullpen catchers are kicking each other in the shins, and um, you know. So I was just involved in the one that I, I instigated it, and and the Josh Donaldson. one. Yeah, and I was mad at him for for pimping or staring at a at a ball that he hit. You know, fifty feet foul. Were you mad in your mind because you were at the top of your game and the pitch that you threw, like you can't keep that pitch fair? Were you mad? Were you mad because that was a foul ball the whole time and you're pimping it? Or? Yeah, yeah. It was just it was one of those that like he was like w- watching it and it's like, dude, like good. You know, you hit a ball foul really far. I, you know, would I do that now? Probably not. You know, maybe I've learned a little bit, but at the same time, you're out there, you're competing, and and you throw a good pitch to a really good player. And he hits that like you know. I just that that was that was something that that went back a long way for me. Um, but the difference between that is, if I remember right, the at bat you didn't throw at him. No, right? I the, no. So I threw him a slider, and it was up a little bit, and he hooked it way foul and really far. Like he hit it kind of off that 
like the 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 left field foul. There's the limestone and then the restaurant yeah. and all that stuff. He hit it off of that, and it was way foul. And so then the next pitch, I threw him another slider, and I struck him out. And you told him, and about I it. said, "How far did your foul ball go?" <laughs> and he said, "That's what." That. <laughs> with some expletives at the end of that. Um, and would you? If, okay, so that that was that was how I handled it. It wasn't like, "Oh, next time I face right. this guy, I'm going to bean him because he." For you, stared it was at done. His, it, it was like it, what it made me want to do was like I, now I'm going to strike him out. I'm going to throw him the same pitch. I'm going to throw it better, and I'm going to strike him out. And I did. I threw bounced the slider off home plate, and I struck him out. But that's and, but that's how I reflecting back on this, and that's why I wanted to bring this up because the biggest difference was you didn't throw at him. No, I wouldn't you, do that. You, yeah, you guys had a fun jawing match. Back, I'm sure it wasn't fun in the moment, but like for us watching, it was fascinating yeah. and fun. And then your retaliation was. I'm just going to strike you out and make you look like an idiot. Yes. Because that, that's, that's how it should work. And it's the same. If a guy, and, and nobody, I guess, that I remember ever, I mean, I gave up plenty of home runs, but nobody, like, pimped one. And so uh, I, I never even thought there was a, a time where I needed to, like, hit a guy. Sure. Um, you know, the, the times that I hit guys and got in trouble, it was an accident. And and that and that, that was that. So, um, no, but that, that one... You know, it was, yeah, and if a guy did hit a homer off me and pimped it, I think I probably would have just next time wanted to get him out that much more. I maybe wanted to try to jam him or mm-hmm. make him look like an idiot striking him out or whatever, but, um, you know, the, the, the stuff that's going on now with, with throwing at guys, there's, it's just we're done with that. Like, hey, move on. Were you, were you, I'm trying to think of what year this was. If, I think it was like 2012 or 13, so you definitely would have been, you definitely would have been with the club. The, the Detroit incident where Delman Young got hit and then turn to the dugout to yell at Mahares. Yeah, what oh. were you in? Were you there for that? No, that was 2010. Okay, uh, and so yeah, uh, somebody. I think Mahares. Mahares thought somebody did something wrong, <laughs> and and so he hits a guy, and then they knew, like that was when Delman had a really. I think he yeah. finished like 30 MVP maybe, and it was a good year, and he. Uh, so he knew he was coming up and he was going to get hit. Oh, no. And so he gets hit like in the calf or whatever. And, and he goes right to our dugout and starts screaming <laughs> at Maharis. And the, the, like I remember like the Tigers, I think they everybody like all those guys like ran out on the field. No one like, all right, he's going to hit him and he, we're going to fight. And so they like, run out and Dylan's over at our dugout yelling at Maharis <laughs> instead of. And so like I think the Tigers are on the field like, where are the twins? Aren't what they coming out here? here? We're on the field. Nobody. <laughs> we're going to have to separate them. Yeah, exactly. The exact. So. Same thing happened in Major League Two. Wasn't it like Rube Baker and Roger Dorn or something were fighting each other? That's all I could think of. Like, I've only can... seen Major League One. That's the only one to watch. It's one more than me, Perk. Yeah, it's, it's actually a travesty that Derek, yeah. a you baseball man, one. You has know what, never though? seen Major League. One of our shows is going to be us. A wa- we're going to do a watch along. You know what? <laughs> with, I, I'm in. Somebody brought that up on a social media a couple of weeks ago that we should do that and do like a watch party. And do it for charity, like do it up. And I was like, okay, well, I think I, I could just, that. I think I could probably just act out that whole movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> Phil could go line for line, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we need to, we need to make this happen. I think we get, we can either do a watch along, or we can. I think we should fill a theater with some listeners who can watch it along with Derek for the first time. Kind of fun. What a moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, Delman Young, by the way, we were just talking the other day on uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. There was a time. I think it was a series in Milwaukee where, I mean, he was just He got ambulanced off. They literally brought an ambulance (laughs) onto the field. Well, it was like a golf cart ambulance. (laughs) But But, but then he played like the next day. He thought, oh my God, is is this a compound fracture? Did he 
Did he blow up both knees? What happened? No, he just wanted to ride back to the clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he was he he didn't play maybe the next day, I think just to like save face. Um they were like, Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you got you got carted off. We can't but like that, I mean, he wasn't even in like crutches or anything. Didn't after. that was, happen? Uh, Paul Pierce, too, the greatest NBA player of all time, got for sure better it, than Dwayne Wade. In anyways. the first half, he got like, yeah, they brought the stretcher out or whatever, and they like carried him to the back. Yeah, he's going back into the club or the the locker room. And you'll never see this guy again. And he starts the third quarter. The difference is, I think that was a season in which the Celtics went to the NBA Finals, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen for the twins. Well, Delman, no, okay. Delman, I just remember that one that Delman like tried to catch that ball and like he kind of like did like his like unathletic, uncoordinated jump against the wall, and then like as he was going down, I think he landed like funny on his ankle, and I remember his glove yeah. going like way up in the air, <laughs> he, like, like it went was over just the a, fence. It was like a yard sale, <laughs> <laughs> and he just laid there. It was like, what the hell happened to this guy? And, like he, we like watched him, and it's like I don't know if he really even got hurt. I think he just didn't want to play baseball anymore that day. An- an- another classic Delman moment. I can't remember if it was at Target Field or where it was, but he was playing left and Denard Span was playing center. And ball hits off the wall, basically a left field fly ball that, that ricochets off the wall and back toward the infield and left field. And Delman's probably 20 yards away from it, and Denard's probably 50 to 60 yards away from it. And Delman stops on the warning track, points at the ball, <laughs> like points to Denard, like, there's the ball. And Denard's like, uh, dude, you're... Tw- you're Half as close to this as I am, but okay, whatever, dude. All right, I'll you know, run over that. I don't know how we got on a Delman Young tangent, but like it didn't make sense to me because you said uncoordinated, and it's like that's true. And you, you watched him tippy toes running out in the left field and thought, like, well, that's not a big leaguer, but then he'd get up and like fastball in on his hands and like turn it, get his the, hands he's inside. The only of it. guy I ever saw hit a baseball off the facing of the metrodome on left the left field where the the like suite the football suites or whatever those really? crazy yeah pop. he hit a ball there in in batting practice mark Mag- so i watched as a kid i remember watching mark mcguire batting practice a number of times with the a's and with st louis when they'd opened it up and you could watch and it was always it was always like you could never hit a ball yeah. That far, even McGuire. So, yeah, no. Um, when we come back here, one of your uh, one of your old buddies, Kyle Gibson, is going to join us. Perk, it's Glenn Perkins on baseball, the Score North Twin Show. This feels right. Let's pursue this further. Score North Minnesota Sports anytime, anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. Hi, Kyle. Glenn, how are you doing? Good. I got Kyle Gibson here, and uh, Kyle and I go way back, so I think it was appropriate. Uh, we've had a lot of fun over the years. It was appropriate on this show in episode three. Uh, first guest uh, I wanted to have Kyle on. We've had some good conversations in the past, and... Uh, you know, I figured I'd check in. How is uh, how is the battle with E. coli? I think that's the first thing I want to know. Oh man, I don't know that you want to know too many details about it, but uh, I can uh, thankfully say I won the battle with E. coli. Uh, it took me a little bit, but uh, man, that was something that I really never experienced before. I had a stomach bug before going in uh, going to the Dominican, you know, in past years, but coming back with that, 
Uh, oof, that was uh, that was something different. Uh, w- like weight loss? Was it? Uh, I mean, because you, you're a, uh, obviously a, a thinner uh, guy, so you, you don't have a whole lot. I, I could use it, but uh, I think you <laughs> well, know. Uh, yeah, I got down below 200 pounds for the first time since 2009, before I was drafted. So uh, it was it was uh, I would say that was probably the the more scary part, just trying to find a way to I could keep uh, from losing more weight, but. Um, and then when it comes to your weight loss, uh, I would wish E. coli on nobody. So please, <laughs> that's don't what that, get that's it. what I hear. That's right. Maybe maybe just a <laughs> few less beers and a few more miles on the treadmill. Yeah. There um, we go. So and then so that obviously that affects spring training. Were you like when you had like when you were in like the throws if you call it? Were you like stop the throwing program, all that stuff, and just just like was it was it that bad that you know you. you um, were, no, you know I uh, thankfully have the uh, the oven mitt as you coined it a couple years ago. Uh, and the oven mitt gear throw allowed me to stay on my throwing program. It was the weightlifting that I couldn't do. Okay. Um, you know, I, I had to stay at the house basically for, for quite a while. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of time, uh, in between, uh, bathroom trips. Yeah. So, uh, I would run down to the basement and, and Aiden would help me do my throwing program for, for 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and I mean, I just visualized, you know, even playing long toss, you know, visualized, Going back to 120 feet and, and you know step behind step throw and, and trying to keep my arm in shape. So and then so then you got spring training. You're set back a little bit, and I mean they kind of I, I babied isn't the right word, but they kind of coddled you a little bit through spring training. And I mean, so where where do you think you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think strength wise, I'm pretty close. Um, I'm probably still three or four pounds down, but still working on getting those back. Um, you know, so surprisingly. I kind of felt in, in the beginning of spring when I got off the mountain, you know, the velo really wasn't there. Um, but I think some of that was just my leg strength wasn't there. Um, but I feel like that's been that's been pretty good the first couple starts. Um, so strength-wise, it's, I'm sure the endurance is probably going to be one of the hardest things. Yeah, that, uh, well, yeah, that's really maintained. I think just watching you uh, and, and knowing what you look like, especially last year. Um, you know that maybe that's that's part of it, but uh, how has it been? Uh, this is your third what third pitching coach now of your career? Um, fourth, yeah, fourth. Are you counting Rass? Uh, <laughs> oh no, I forgot. They went boom, boom, boom. Yeah, this is yeah, three and three had, years uh, now. Andy, Andy, Neil, Garv, and now what? Yeah, so yeah. I pitched like my whole career with with one guy, and then had one guy after that. And uh, how has that been? How has he been different? I guess. Uh, you know, we yeah. read a lot about him here, and you hear a lot about kind of the stuff that he's done. Uh, what has he done with you and f- and for you uh, so far this year? You know, handling handling people and personalities, all four of them have been pretty similar. Um, and really, with with the energy they brought, um, Andy probably had the most control over his energy. Um, but uh, the last three have been pretty high energy guys. Um, and now uh, with Wes, you know, he just has a, a different perspective on some of the biomechanical stuff. Um, and I say some, but it's all of it. You know, he he has a he actually helped create the bureau throw that I started using a couple of years ago with the guy at the Florida baseball ranch. So mm-hmm. a long time ago, he's been you know, having a hand in the biomechanical world, uh, and it's now really starting to take hold in baseball. But um, and he, he just really does a good job of mixing the biomechanical world and the you know, sabermetric world, or however you want to call that, um, with actual pitching um, and the specific pitching approach of each guy. Um, you know, we're talking about more curveballs, more changes, whatever it is, how the game's moving. Well, I mean, he's still talking with me about, hey, 
if you want to throw your heater and you think you should throw a heater, your sinker, you need to throw it. Um, so it's just about, you know, mixing those situations and making sure that, you know, each guy is, is you know, calling about their approach the right way. I got you. Um, well, I tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to let you get back to bed here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to have you back on uh, later this summer. And I, I want to okay. hear your thoughts kind of as things move on and let you get back to what you were doing uh, and, and how you uh, how you did last year. I know we've talked a little bit off air and, and through text and that. So um, keep working and, and, and feel better. And uh, we'll be watching and we'll catch you up a little bit down the road. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, buddy. All right. Well, that was Kyle Gibson. A quick conversation just catching up and uh, thank him for uh, coming on this morning. They got in early, uh, I guess, late last night, early this morning. Yeah. Uh, the 3 a.m., 4 a.m. hour is both early and late, so it's hard to tell. What peop- I think people think of, well, I mean, you guys are staying in nice hotels and it's, you know, you're not flying middle seat commercial by any means, but you're traveling a lot and it's weird hours and it's across the country. What is travel like today in Major League Baseball? And I mean, is it luxurious? Is it still taxing? You know, it's, how it, you- it's taxing over the long term, you know, where, where you uh, spend, you know, I mean, they just had a, a, a decent road trip here. And, and so you spend time on the road, you're away from home, you're in different hotels, packing, unpacking, and then late night flights. I mean, you know, they played last night till what, 9.30, 10 o'clock, 9.30, I guess maybe they got done last night. So then you're getting on a plane at 11, you're flying three hours and so you you know you get home at three in the morning and they have an off day today and and that's not always the case um you know so it that that stuff gets tough it gets tough as the year wears on you know that's july august september where it, it really starts to drain you um it's still not bad but there's a lot of that late night stuff and and you kind of get uh you kind of just get thrown off schedule so it's it is it's always nice like today where they can have an off day and kind of regroup and um, you know, but he's got the two kids and, and they wake him up and <laughs> that was, that was the same for me. So, um, you know, but all, all in all, it's, it's nothing to complain about, but it, it, it gets grueling. Do you guys ever, I mean, I suppose it depends on if there's an off day in the mix, but do you scout out, all right, we're going to all these cities this year and there's a couple cities that are going to be new because it's national league and haven't been there in a few years. I mean, do you scout out, I need to go to that restaurant for sure. I need to do this thing. Or is it mostly just, well, working all day. So it's it's usually so like you get in typically in the afternoon or early evening. Um, you know, if you play a day game, you might get to wherever you're going at six or seven at night, so you can go have dinner. Uh, otherwise, you fly on an off day and you get in at five or six at night. So we would usually plan out like a dinner, if whether it was a team thing or a group thing or just a couple of us guys going to yeah somewhere that like you know you go to Chicago and we can go to Alinea or whatever, and and you know you go to D.C. and we we found like a one of the best. Uh, ramen places in in the country and you know so you would go you know a couple guys and and go you know whatever for an hour or two and, and have dinner and um you know so yeah that was kind of the cool part and then and then for me was i was just finding that like the local beer that really didn't get, get distributed that was that was my favorite thing about going to different cities was seeing the beer scene yeah and would they would they send you beer then no, because I, I would I would either go to places and just get and get stuff, or the like the the, the chef uh, in the clubhouse was usually a good guy because they're kind of more of like the you know uh, connected to to the the scene the, the local stuff, and so I would I would have the chef I'd tell him like hey here's a couple hundred bucks you know get whatever is local whatever you like whatever um, 
you know, I, I can't get at home. I don't want, I don't want uh, Boulevard because we're in Kansas City. I can get that at the liquor store in Minnesota. Yeah. So, um, you know, and they were usually pretty good about that. And then we'd pack it up and bring it home. Yeah, cool. All right, when are we going to do this watch party here? When are we going to when are we going to force Derek Wetmore oh, against, against his will to watch a movie oh. and not read a book? Does Major League have a book version? We could have Derek read the book, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the report on your desk Monday morning. You know, Major League 3, little known fact, there is a Major League 3. And it's about the, it's it's the Salt Lake City Buzz. Yeah. When they, when they were a Twins affiliate back in, I don't know, 2002 People or something. People love making movies about the Twins. Yeah, Little Big League. It's, it's amazing. That might be it actually. Little Big League and is there another movie about the I Twins? I feel like there is one other one. And yeah. then the Salt Lake City buzz. So, And then there's going to be another one about this World Series track in 2019. If this movie was so great, you guys, why did they make three? Actually, Moneyball Money involved the Twins at the end. That's the Twins why. were the heroes in Moneyball. That's why they made three. Oh, just printing money. Yeah. Okay. It's, like a, it's like, yeah, you, you make one and it's a hit, and you're like, oh, well, we can ride this thing out for a couple more. That's <laughs> what they did with the Rockies, right? <laughs> Uh, this is Glenn Perkins on baseball. Why don't you tell people there, Glenn, uh, if they like this show, what they can do to help us? Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And if you approve of the Score North Twins show, we'd love for you to do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple or Spotify. It helps spread the word to new listeners and also makes us look good. For Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore, I'm Glenn Perkins, and uh, we'll see you next time.